It's Natasha. And Khalil Nurse. And we are the co-hosts of Woke and Free. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning into our 15th episode of Woke and Free. If you've been joining along and with our conversation, you know that Woke and Free is all about being real and honest with each other and of course with you. We're talking about everything and anything that's important to us, to you, and the world, and of course nothing is off the table. Now in this episode, we're gonna be talking all about sexual harassment and sexual assault. And this is a very serious uh, subject. So before we get into uh, that, let's go over the ground rules. First, did you subscribe to Woken Free on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, SoundCloud, or iHeartRadio? If not, do so now. Second, did you share this episode with your friends, your family, and so on? If not, definitely do so. And definitely make sure you talk to us on Facebook, on Instagram, and Twitter at Woken Free. Each week, we like to share a little bit about us before we dive into the topic for the episode. Last week, we shared three foods we just can't stand. This week, we are sharing the biggest people pet peeves we have. So you can start off, honey. Okay, so there's so many, but to narrow it down, I guess it really comes down to one and one simple thing. I am not a cat. So what do I mean by that? When you see me and you are super excited to come over and talk to me, and maybe, just maybe, my curly hair has uh, really riled you up on the inside, and you go and you go to reach and touch both sides of my head or even just one side, and yet again, we don't know each other, I repeat, I am not a cat. Please don't pet me. <laughs> so that's your only one? <laughs> I would say um, that's my biggest one. There are other things I think I've mentioned before, maybe, uh, or maybe just in my head. I'm not a fan of the phrase, good morning. <laughs> so that's like a pet peeve. And uh, just general personal space issues. Like if you're talking so close to me and I feel like I'm in your mouth, that's a problem. Um, but, but my biggest, biggest one is that I'm, yeah, I'm not a cat. So just don't pet me. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. So my biggest one would be people that make promises that they can't keep. That's my biggest pet peeve. Ooh, he's coming for people. Okay. So I have a couple <laughs> of other ones. Uh, I don't like when people don't apologize when they know they're in the wrong. They just need to, you know, suck it up and say the truth that they made a mistake. Then my last one is it, it has to do with driving. And that's when I see people that are sitting in the passing lane doing the speed limit but then you, you know, you go to talk to these people and they say they're great drivers. I definitely don't like people that do that. <laughs> say they're such terrific drivers, yet they're not really that good. Like 95% of people. <laughs> yeah. Just don't say anything about your driving. I think that's the better way to go. Word, 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 word. Okay. So let's get into this. Uh, the first, uh, you know, question I have about this is to discuss sexual harassment and sexual assault. It's really important that we first define it. So Khalil, what do you think the difference is between sexual harassment and sexual assault? Let's go to the dictionary definition for this. So sexual harassment is unwelcome or uninvited verbal or physical behavior of a sexual nature, usually from an authority to a subordinate. Sexual assault, on the other hand, it's illegal sexual contact that is unconsented 
or the victim is incapable of giving consent, such as a minor or disabled person. This can again come from a position of authority, like a doctor, for example. Absolutely. Uh, if you go to the EEOC, uh, they define it as uh, the harassment being unwelcome sexual advances, requests for sexual favors or other verbal or physical harassment of a sexual nature. And also the harassment doesn't have to be sexual nature. Uh, however, it can include offensive remarks about a person's sex and also to be aware that both the victim and the harasser can be either a woman or a man and the victim and harasser can be the same sex just in case people think that it can't happen in those scenarios and uh you know the the eoc further elaborates that the law doesn't prohibit simple teasing offhand comments or isolated incidents that are not very serious harassment is illegal when it is so frequent or severe that it creates a hostile or war offensive work environment or when it results in an adverse employment decision such as the victim being fired or demoted which is interesting and then the department of justice uh kind of touches on what you define what you talked about which is consent is the big issue between uh for sexual assault it's when you're going to have this con conduct that is going to be without the consent of the recipient and that is going to include anything from forced sexual intercourse, forcible sodomy, child molestation, incest, fondling, and also attempted rape. What are the stats for this type of behavior in the U.S.? So it's really troubling that uh, we have sexual violence taking place very frequently in this country. Actually, if everyone um, kind of goes to R-A-I-N-N, uh, they give a lot of really uh, detailed stats. So first of all, did you know every 98 seconds another American is sexually assaulted? No. Right? That's uh, seriously scary. Also, one out of every six American women have been the victim of attempted or completed rape in her lifetime. 14.8% completed, 2.8% attempted. Also, when you speak on violence against children, majority of child victims are between the ages of 12 to 17 and then of victims under the age of 18 you have 34 percent of victims of sexual assault and rape are under age 12 and 66 percent of sexual assault and rape victims are ages 12 to 17 so that's really scary uh in an april huffington post article i came across i saw that the number of victims of rape and sexual assault per year in the U.S. is 321,500, which is huge. And then also 90% of adult rape victims are female. So to me, it's saying that women are really the primary target for the sexual violence that's taking place here in this country. And also, um, the Connecticut Alliance to End Sexual Violence adds that sexual assault is actually a violent crime that is off, least often reported to law enforcement officials. And then from a 2000 study, which is a bit dated, um, that only 28% of victims report their sexual assault to the police. So what does that really mean? It means that we have a lot of violence taking place that isn't even reported on. What I wonder about is, are there any women committing these crimes? We never hear about that. <laughs> what do you mean, Khalil? Well, you just said 90% of adult rape victims are female, but mm -hmm. who's the perpetrators? Is it 100% men? 
I see what you're saying. Gotcha. I, I believe it. I Well, you know what? I think the context would be male uh, aggressors against female yeah. victims. But yeah, I mean, you know, I think that the studies, the hard part is, right, this is a self-reporting, uh, data-driven area, right? So if no one reports it or people are, you know, not fully disclosing the details of the, of the violence, that we only know what we know. So, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, if we look at college campuses, specifically, we see that sexual assault is on the rise. Mm -hmm. According to the Daily Beast article by Lizzie Crocker, reports of sexual assault increased 205% from 2200 in 2001 to 6700 in 2014. But this is only the reported number. Mm -hmm. The actual occurrences are most likely higher. This upward increase could just reflect that more victims are actually coming forward, not that it's sexual assault is actually on the rise. It might just be victims mm. are more willing now and more comfortable reporting what happened. I mean, we'll talk about it as to like why this is happening, but I think that uh, I think it's a, a bit of both. I think that people are more comfortable now, especially with like the Me Too movement, that people are coming out and saying, hey, Me Too, I was affected, I was sexually assaulted or sexually harassed or whatnot, but it could also be just incidents itself. Uh, do you think that we have like proper measures in place preventing this type of behavior, whether it's sexual harassment or assault? Yeah, I don't think so. Sexual harassment is quite prevalent in the workplace, and victims are often in awkward situations when it occurs. They could report it to HR, but then they'd be treated differently once coworkers find out about it. Mm -hmm. I think only this year has sexual harassment been treated as a serious issue. Mm -hmm. Before, it was the kind of thing that people overlooked. Now, with victims coming forward who are harassed or assaulted by big celebrities, society's taking a closer look at the situation. Although, there hasn't been anything in concrete to stop mm -hmm. sexual harassment. Like, there hasn't been any talk on how we can prevent this, if you notice. Yeah, it's I'm... It's not being yeah. talked about, preventative measures. You know, it's interesting. So, again, if you go to Rain, which you'll find uh, the link on uh, WokenFree.com, they actually per talk about some of the preventative methods that can be used, whether it's how we act or our roles individually, such as bystanders, right? When you see incidents taking place, are you just going to, like, take out your phone and, like, be like, oh, my God, let's live this or are you going to, like, interact and, uh, you know, help protect whoever is being victimized? Or sure. some of the social media activity we do that kind of exposes us, right? When we check in everywhere, then, you know, you're also checking into the, the radar of predators, which is super creepy, but a reality that we need to keep in mind. And also traveling tips, right? For myself as well. When I go and I do talks, you know, try to avoid like dark alleys, right? Try to avoid situations where you're going to be more unsafe, which is sad, tough to think that way, but it's a reality of life. But I think that... Um, it's like not going into shark-infested waters, something like that. Facts you speak, yes. Like, if you don't have to, maybe avoid, yeah. Do the safer route. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, shout out to always thinking smart, Dad, yes. Um, and that goes for both genders. You yeah. You don't want to put yourself in bad situations. Exactly, any you gender. You can be harmed by yeah. other, other sorts of crimes, so. Exactly. I think when you think about measures in place, I think you have to think about it as to what type of world are we going to live in? Are we in a preventative world or a responsive approach 
to life. So preventative means that we have, we're taking kind of the approach that we're changing the mindset of people and how they address violence to each other, how we view each other, how we address mental health on a very large scale and and really kind of preventing incidents from happening which is a it's a i think a bigger pill to swallow than uh what most people in our world seem to want to do is respond there's an incident and now we have to respond and we have to either be very punitive in nature which is right punish punish the harsher the punishment the worse the person won't want to do this or also like you know creating products right so say i see on facebook i don't know if you've seen a lot but i've seen like you know there's uh like things where you can tell if you put it in your drink if your drink has been spiked uh also like wow. carrying um carrying different devices on you to where it can like be like a little stabber and you can like attack someone who like comes up on you real quick or even it's a personal defense weapon then. yeah like or even like the what's the chastity belts yeah like underwear that's harder for you for someone to rip at and come at you so like it, it depends what what do you what do we want to do it seems like we're more on the responsive as opposed to like the proactive approach to things. When it comes to reporting, I have seen um, some really disturbing things. So when you see in the news and media, you see a, a, a surge of people saying like, yeah, you like come out, share your thoughts, share your narrative, what's going on, oh my gosh, right? Sympathy and empathy that goes out. But I also see something which is really disturbing, which is the people, people are shaming victims. People are saying, you should have came out earlier. I don't believe you. This is, this is a, a, a political ploy. Like what the heck is happening here? Like I was saying earlier, victims were afraid that they could lose their jobs. That's mm. why they didn't come out earlier. Gotcha. They had to decide between paying their bills or standing up for themselves. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's great to be brave, but you have responsibilities too. Mm -hmm. It's a very tricky situation there. And on the other hand, we need to make sure, though, that the situation is analyzed correctly and not just immediately siding with the victim. There's been some wrongly accused people in the past, and mm -hmm. we should be very careful not to punish the innocent. If someone has multiple accusations mm -hmm. and is generally known to be sexually pushy, then that is sort of a giveaway to their guiltiness. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I agree with you in the sense that, you know, every every person deserves their day in court, right? At the end of the day, if you are, are if you're guilty of an offense that you've done, then it needs to be proven. And that for all accusers, they have to be willing to really uh, put their story on the on the forefront and, and break it down and have, you know, kind of go back and forth. But I do think that there's something, there's a difference between the opinion, like the, the court of the public and like the legal world right and so i think it, it becomes a little bit tricky when we do have people who are falsely accusing uh public figures and it, it kind of muddles the issue but at the end of the day uh i came across a southern ct or southern connecticut.edu which really goes into rape culture are you familiar what rape, what rape culture is no about? i haven't heard about that okay so they define it as an environment in which rape is prevalent and in which sexual violence is normalized 
normalized and excused in the media and pop popular culture. Rape culture is perpetrated through the use of misogynistic language, the objectification of women's bodies, the glamorization of sexual violence, and that will thereby create a society that disregards women's rights and safety. So how do we see examples of rape culture? We're talking about blaming the victim, also trivializing sexual assault, like, you know, boys will be boys, or locker room talk is locker room talk. Whoa. <laughs> yep. Uh, also tolerating sexual harassment. Uh, also publicly scrutinizing how a victim uh, is dressed, her mental state, their motives, their history, right? Because um, modest women don't get assaulted, right? Only, only non-modest women do, right? No, your fashion has definitely nothing to do <laughs> with your with your assault or violence against you, because it's been proven. <laughs> um, and and they go on and on to list other things like pressure on men to score, right? Pressure not pressure on women not to appear cold. So I think that um, if you go through, and again, you'll see the link on WokenFree.com. We're, we're in essentially the middle of rape culture, which I think makes it easy for people when women, when you have, yeah, like when you have multiple women accounting to sexual violence against one person and people are like, eh, he didn't really do it. These chicks are just playing. Like, no, that can't be the case, right? Not 32 women or 20 women or 16 people can't be just flat out, just all all their stories are just nonsense. You're not There's even gonna- There's gotta be some truth to it, right? I mean, or at least verify, start an investigation, like figure out what's going on. Don't just shame the women or the victims that are coming out and saying no before you've even figured out if yes is a real option. And in a lot of these cases, we're seeing that the accuser is just actually admitting to, to, to doing it, if you look. Exactly. They do actually, they accept the guilt and they admit that they were wrong in the past. Now, I don't know mm. if that's good enough. Like, I'm not sure what that means. If they're, they've, they've learned, <laughs> yeah. they've stopped their old ways and they know that they shouldn't do that anymore. I don't know. I mean, I personally would love to hear uh, from people who deal with this in their work life, either from the legal side or from the criminal justice side, because, yeah, I personally think saying, you know, I'm a dirty dog isn't quite good enough. Um, I understand we all do dirt and everyone has something, but, you know, when you're violating human rights and it is a human right to not be touched without uh with with when someone violates your consent to human touch and for you to not feel safe is never okay and and just being very flippant about your your trans your transgressions is not okay and i think that more is needed than just kind of being like oh i'll just step out of office or uh you know it happens in the 70s or 80s like that's bullshit like, <laughs> that's just not okay. Do you think there are, like, other factors that's kind of playing a role as to why we're having such a high propensity of sexual violence in our world? I blame society for showcasing this in our entertainment. Okay. We're not really shown that, hey, this is wrong. You need to respect others' personal space. Mm -hmm. Media shows successful men can be sexually free and disregard others' opinions. It's rampant in music lyrics mm -hmm. and on the silver screen where when showing kingpins or drug lords, they're surrounded by women and, mm -hmm. you know, that's just, they're just allowed to do what they want without, without regards to 
the women's wants or needs. They just they're treated as objects. Mm-hmm. There really isn't another side to show what's truly right. We're just seeing the wrong thing continuously, and that's just getting ingrained in our brain. Exactly. It's a it's a socialization, right? And I think that if anyone's really interested in seeing, there's a lot of factors that one can consider. The CDC actually lays it out really good. Uh, they have individual risk factors such as we have alcohol and drug use or coercive sexual fantasies, hostility towards women, hypermasculinity, suicidal behavior. Also, there are relationship factors that one can consider, such as family environments characterized by physical violence and conflict, childhood history of physical and sexual or emotional abuse, emotionally unsupportive family environments, poor parent-child relationships, especially with fathers, we have community factors like poverty, lack of employment opportunities, general tolerance of sexual violence within the community, and then societal factors, which is societal norms that support sexual violence, like you're saying. Societal norms that support male superiority and sexual entitlement. Also, weak laws and policies related to sexual violence and gender equity, such as, for instance, when we have a statute of limitations, right? Uh, a, a law that says you have to bring your claim in X amount of years. Well, if someone's not willing to or not able to bring their claim within that time frame, and then that just goes away, then it's as if that crime never happened and that woman or that victim can never have their vindication, and that's not okay. Yeah, it's a real problem. Given what is going on in the news, do you believe this behavior is more prevalent in certain industries than others? So my initial answer would have been kind of in line with what you were saying about like, oh, the entertainment, like it's a dirty, dirty world. Um, sorry, there's so many actors that we love, uh, but it just seems like it's, I don't know. Like, well, I, I wasn't saying it was that industry. I was saying entertainment is to blame on why these people are committing these crimes. I wasn't saying mm-hmm. that that was the most prevalent industry. I well, oh, okay. That. So in my That's mind, I, I, would have, I would have assumed like the entertainment industry because it would have been a creative space where people are getting very emotionally open. And also it seems like it there just seemed like to be this air about it where it's like if you want to get ahead you know maybe you'll drop down a button on something or you'll be extra flirty at dinner and stuff like that and that leads to you know what kind of things but actually uh that is not necessarily just the only industry in a recent mashable article that you can find again on wokenfree.com there are uh, the the sexual violence has no limit it has no bounds we're talking everything from advertising agriculture construction education finance improv comedy journalism nonprofit politics hello uh retail trucking i mean it's everywhere yeah it really is it's in every industry there's there's not one you can name that doesn't have an incident mhm mhm when will this sexual harassment or assault ever stop? You know, I would like to say that I think that it's possible for some this behavior and this violence to stop, but it's really going to require a drastic change to the mindset of people in our society. As I have mentioned before, there's so many factors that go into why people do what they do regarding this sick behavior. And, you know, <laughs> it depends, right? Like if we can break apart the individual role, the family role, the societal role, the the, the economic, socioeconomic roles, and really make sure that people have more, uh, I guess, equitable existences and think about each other in 
equitable terms, then maybe it's possible to change this. But I don't know. There also seems to me, it seems like people enjoy to harm others. People enjoy harming and, and, and really just that power that comes with the ability to take what is not yours. And I don't know if ever people want to stop doing that. I, th I think it's really cruel and effed up. And, uh, it's like, I, if I don't, I don't know, maybe, maybe on a, if you use technology, like maybe if everyone goes to like a virtual reality, uh, <laughs> a seminar or something, and you can feel the experience of what it's like to be violated, maybe then people can have the empathy and say, oh, maybe I should try to not put date, uh, uh, like put, try to rape someone after I, you know, get them drunk without their consent and stuff like that. But I don't know, maybe that wouldn't, maybe that would turn someone on. Like, I don't know. What do you think? I think it's tough to say. I mean, you can put all these things in place, but if you don't really change what like the concept is to have power, then I think Mm. Some people that obtain it, like they say, you know, power corrupts. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the Corrupt, saying, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they get a sense of entitlement. These people with, mm -hmm. that that just get power and they're not used to it. They think mm. they can do whatever they want, and their needs take precedence over others. Mm -hmm. Interesting. How can we change that mentality for, especially the people that are in power? Everyone has to be on the them? same level then. Like, Which you can't, right? <laughs> that's a. That's a whole a other, thing, a whole other thing. Yeah. Ugh. But see, then that's sad. That's like we're telling everyone, like, sorry guys, the rape continues. Like, I mean, <laughs> that just seems really upsetting. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's definitely something that has to be thought about more, and mm -hmm. maybe it can be an educational process. It has to be mm -hmm. shown to people when they're younger, like what is the correct way to act towards others. Well, you were saying that you think that men aren't really normalized early enough on and in, in viewing women, right? And, no, and... we're taught. I, I told you though, the, what we learn from is from entertainment. That's mm -hmm. where we really learn. It's not. We're not talk. We're not really talked to about how we should treat women. I mean, they mm -hmm. say yeah, treat treat women with respect and maybe open the door for her, but that's about it. You don't really learn like what it is to. To show respect for a woman. Mm -hmm. That's, I don't know. There's no class where you learn that. You just learn that from your friends and family and gotcha. mostly entertainment. So maybe education. Maybe that's going to be yeah. a big co component. Mental health. I think uh, 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 dealing with mental health and dealing with education and like, yeah, like open our door and also, you know, kind of like what Tiffany Haddish says, right? Like get the, get the cues as to what is okay and what is not okay. Yeah, that'd be helpful. It's that time again. It's scenario time. Scenario one. Your favorite grunge band is performing next week, and your friend has two tickets. She also told you that the lead singer allegedly was inappropriate with her cousin, and she's possibly pursuing legal action against him. Do you still attend the concert, or do you go on a social media and voice your outrage? Ooh, interesting. Um, hmm... So I'm a strong believer of that you, the greatest power we have is our power as a consumer. And so if you, if you go to support something that, uh, is violation of your moral compass and what you stand for as a person, uh, hopefully human rights advocacy is a part of that, <laughs> then, you know, you are, you're complicit with the violations that the person did. Now, the only thing is you did mention that this is alleged, right? Not yeah. confirmed. So that's the kicker here. 
so alleged. Um, and has the person, have you had connection with the cousin to find out if you think that the cousin is being honest or no? No, you never met the cousin. Mm, so then you're in the situation of do you take the this alleged incident or do you just kind of go on your own and, and still support the band? Uh, again, it, it would depend on uh, what what's the value of if you do go to the concert and this person, the singer has actually did violate someone else, are you going to be okay with that decision of going to support the band? If you're not, then don't go. If you are, then go. But you love the band. You you really miss out on this opportunity. This might be the last time they're coming to your town. Because he's going to be in jail for raping someone, yeah. Wow, yeah, especially then. <laughs> You'll never be able to hear him live again. Uh, <laughs> again, it's, it's about consequences. I personally think I would feel terrible knowing that, like, if I went to the band, that concert, and then I found out that that person was, in fact, a, a violator against women, then I just, I felt like I supported that, um, like, I was complicit in, 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 in that behavior, so... I, I would it's about the after effect I think what what's gonna make you feel more okay. guilty that, that's fair enough I mean I, I would think you just still go to the concert because everything's <laughs> allegedly so you don't really know what's gonna happen see next. so just go to and the other fact is that <sighs> these tickets were already purchased so it doesn't matter you could not go but he still gets that ticket sale because it's already that's true. the tickets already bought already so you could go and enjoy them. it and just kind of put that to the back of your mind that he might have made this big error in his life but yeah. you really don't know it's allegedly right so i don't i don't think you should judge it off of that you can't just jump to conclusions okay because then that's guilty before in it before proven, proven innocent, innocent. Like, gotcha that's the wrong way around okay scenario two your dad is a hotshot cpa you can't mention going to the gap for clothes because he always goes into stories about accounting principles and whatnot one night you come home and see an envelope on the doorstep with his name on it you open it and read the letter inside to find out he's being accused of assault and being blackmailed in order for the person to keep everything quiet. Do you destroy the letter, leave it for your father to find, or take it to the police? Ooh, interesting. Okay, so you've stumbled upon this uh, very disturbing letter. I guess that's a harsh one because you know I'm a daddy's girl too. Like, you're <laughs> just really trying to break hopes and dreams today. Um... Oh. <laughs> That's not my intention. <laughs> yes, it is. Listen, you gotta, um, so I think before you take it to the police, you probably should, uh, share it with your father because I think the letter was intended for, isn't it actually a crime to open up mail that's not yours? So that's the, you're gonna bring it, to, <laughs> you're gonna bring it, well, technically this isn't, this wasn't a, this didn't have a U.S. stamp on it, it wasn't delivered oh, by anybody. okay, okay. I, it, the person just put it down there, there's no stamps on this, it was, it was right on the doorstep. But it said your dad, it said dad's name, so yeah, you, it just had you, his name so on you, it, his first so name. So what, you went into somebody else's business and then you found out something you didn't want yeah. to find out. So technically, the the recipient of this letter should still receive the yeah. letter, and uh, and then you know if your father is like, oh, let's keep this on the hush hush, then and if you want to hold him accountable for what's going on, then I would say you probably, I guess, can what snitch on him. <laughs> but he probably he probably won't even bring it up to you though. Mm -hmm. He's a very buttoned up kind of guy. So yeah. finding out all this information, he might just you don't know what he would do with it, but he probably won't even bring it up to you. Yeah. So that's that's a thing, and then also, what's interesting is if it's on the doorstep mm -hmm. and you get home before him, won't he won't he know that you saw the letter and then 
will make assumptions like, oh, did you read the letter or mm-hmm. did you just wait for me to see it? Like, won't it be kind of weird if you just pretend you didn't read it even though you know you did because mm-hmm. it was right there and it, his name yeah, was on it and it stood so you're out. Gonna have to. So it's, I mean, you, you could, I don't know, you could not bring it up, but I think you got to at least mention that you saw the letter and kind of like question, what, what what was that about? True, true. At the, at the bare minimum. Yeah. Maybe also take, like, a snapshot of uh, all the pictures of all the documentation, just in case your dad does try to, like, uh, you know, kind of brush it under the rug, (laughs) and you want to report him, you know, you want to at least have some type of documentation. But you shouldn't be reporting him, because remember, this is is somebody that's trying to blackmail your father. You don't know if... They could just be making this up. I didn't say there was pictures. Well, blackmail is a problem, so yeah. you know he shouldn't be complicit in the blackmail. Well, yeah, he, he shouldn't. Yeah, he, he needs shouldn't. to take it to the police and yeah, deal with it. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah, so we can can't. You can't negotiate with terrorists. Like <laughs> it doesn't work. That is terrorism. Yes. Other companies should take note. <laughs> what throwing? I won't mention shade. the company's names. Throwing shade. <laughs> Scenario three. A great philanthropist and famous author you love has just been publicly accused of sexual harassment. You are in shock because this author was out of the spotlight for decades. Do you burn your collection of books by this author? Or do you try to find out more of the details behind this upsetting situation that almost feels personal to you? You coming for people. Okay, so... Uh, again, I mean, you know, when you're an avid fan of a person or a group or something like that, you know, it really breaks your heart to find out if that person was uh, living kind of a duplicative, uh, duplicative life and was doing down dirty stuff on their own. Um, especially when they're such a great person and they're giving and they're public figure. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's value to burning the books. I think that, again, you might want to look at your the legal ramifications <laughs> of such an act. But I would say that, you know, if it, if it really, like, upset your spirit enough to where you didn't want the books, then, again, you can always donate them to the library. The library accepts donated books. <laughs> so you can do that. You can resell them on eBay or Amazon and uh, go about your business if you really can't have it in your home. Or just keep, you know, keep your books and uh, and see what happens. I mean, if the thing, ha- if the situation hasn't been fleshed out yet, like you were saying earlier, you can't, you have to be careful to just jump uh, to conclusions. You want to really see things out. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, don't be brash in your decisions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's the best bet. Look at us in agreement, and at this time again, we are at the end of our 15th episode of Woke and Free. (laughs) This was quite the episode, talking all about sexual harassment and assault, and it was a very serious episode, and so I hope you had your serious cap on when you were listening in to us. And, uh, And, you know, we want to hear your thoughts, whether they're happy, sad, or everything in between about the subject, because it's definitely something that we're passionate about. Human rights violations are never okay. Woken Free stands against it. We will not tolerate uh, that type of behavior. And, you know, we want to hear what are your thoughts on it. So the other thing is, I always ask, will I leave you hanging for what our next episode is going to be? On our next episode, we will be discussing, are we supporting the right things? So follow us on social media to follow along in the conversation. And make sure you tune in next week for Woken Free Wednesdays to join the conversation at www.wokenfree.com. 
and I cannot express enough how we want to involve you as much as you want to be involved. If you want to be a guest on the show, which I know you do, submit a topic for an upcoming episode on our contact us page at WokenFree.com. And as I say every single week, we're very active, aka Tasha's very active, on social media. But okay, <laughs> but you hear from both of us on where? On Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter at Woken Free. If you didn't already subscribe, please do share the episode and make sure you come back to join the conversation every Wednesday for Woken Free Wednesdays. Until next time, 